you call it a stout life, I call it adventure. I call it just getting outside, you know, just, just go enjoy what, what, you know, what, what we have around us. And she was like, dude, we've been moving around for two years and I, I you still have your wine kit. And I'm like, <laughs> I like wine, but I like, prefer beer. So, you know, gringos are not that stupid. You know, if they make a wine kit, they might make a beer kit. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. ¿Quieres cerveza? Sí. Yo quiero dos o tres cervezas, por favor. All right, <laughs> for all you... She just maxed out all the Spanish I know right now because I've let it lapse a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a reason we're actually starting this in Spanish because we're going to Ensenada. No, we're not. On the podcast, we are. Oh, yes, we are on the podcast, of course, yes. We're going to Aguamala y Canaria Cerveza. But there's also... <laughs> so here's what's really cool about Ensenada. And this is a great time to actually be talking about Ensenada because many of you are probably, well, maybe, hopefully, um, it's a time that people head down towards Baja or soon maybe heading back from being in Baja. And Ensenada is one, is like the city. It's a really good um, kind of, you've just crossed the border, you're driven a couple hours, and now you want to supply up for heading south into Baja. So Ensenada's got like all the things that you need. You can exchange your money there. You can get some gas there to fuel up. You there's a couple there's like Walmart's there and a couple of grocery stores there. Places that people are comfortable when you first enter into Baja to to supply up and head on down south further because most people go down further south into Baja and don't just stop in Ensenada and turn back around. But also, if you're heading south into Baja, you should also fuel up on beer. And Ensenada is a great place with a bunch of breweries. It's this the beer scene kind of surprised me there when we went. Yeah, I would say that it did really surprise me Um, because I didn't, I mean, I knew there was craft beer in Mexico and and in Baja, but it's not something that most people that go to Baja really talk about in their travels. I don't hear a lot of people going, oh yeah, and there was this great brewery here and then blah, blah, blah. And actually, for the most part, there are not great breweries here, there, and everywhere that we found anyway. And granted, we didn't go all the way to the southern tip, so... Couldn't tell you for sure, but there were a lot in Ensenada. I would say the majority of the breweries that we went to, and and granted the majority of the breweries that we went to were in Ensenada, Mm -hmm. however, but the majority of the breweries that we went to throughout Baja, and again, like Kenny just said, we didn't go all the way down to the southern tip, um, the majority of them were good. Like good beer, good ambiance, good people, just like you'd expect in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it it was very similar to the U.S. breweries. Um, I would say probably as a beer scene and as far as things go they're probably a couple steps behind you know on the timeline of how the beer scene develops but that's different in different parts of the u.s too it's like there's places in the u.s that are further behind say denver or portland or Asheville. and when we were actually talking to paco at canaria cerveza he mentioned something like along the lines that yeah mexico is probably about you know five years behind the beer scene that is the United States. So I suppose in the scheme of things, that's that's not too far behind. No, and I mean, you know, there's a little give and take on that. But I mean, as far as the beer goes, there was a lot of really good beer there and some funky beers that are just as like 
pushing the envelope like we do here in the United States. Like while we were there, one beer they were working on. At Aguamala? Yeah. At the time we were there, they were working, Aguamala was working on a beer called an Eisbach, which is where basically it's kind of like freeze distilling where you take the beer, you make a really big boozy beer and then you freeze it and then you scrape off the ice and then you let it keep going and then you freeze it again. And then basically what you're doing is removing some of the moisture from it so it has more alcohol content. And they were up to, I want to say they said about 33% ABV (laughs) on this beer when we were there and they let us taste a little sample of it and it was very good and definitely very different. And I, I, I haven't seen that even in the U.S., you don't see a lot of that. I also remember them saying that they were never doing it again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I remember. I remember they were talking. It was just a lot of work. That's a lot of time and a lot of work invested. And you know, whether you're in Baja or whether you're in the United States, whatever, um, the price you probably have to charge for that beer—that with all the hours, you're never going to recoup your money. All that time and labor and everything in that. Not not to mention ingredients, just time and labor on that is so you're gonna lose money on that beer, but it was fun and it was an, it was good, you know. It's, and it's cool to see people that passionate wherever they are. It yeah. doesn't matter if you're in Mexico or the U.S. or Canada or Europe or wherever. People that are passionate about craft beer just have that passion, and they definitely have it down there. Yes. Well, and speaking of like passion, I mean, every if you're listening to us, you guys should know that we also, um, I mean, we could obviously brew more, but we also brew while we're on the road and traveling oh. in the RV. <laughs> so before we get to talking to Nathaniel from Aguamala and Paco from Canaria Cerveza, we have a quick little story if you haven't heard it yet, but we were brewing. I mean, <laughs> I, it's fun to brew where you are and it's fun to use the local ingredients, especially when you're home brewing from where you are. So we're in Baja and we're probably where we stayed for a couple weeks was two, three hours south of Ensenada. Yeah, about that. And, this cool and yeah, little... and knowing we were going to do that, it was like, okay, we've got to brew a beer, right? Yeah. In Mexico, in Baja, we have to brew a beer. Yes. And if you're familiar with the area at all, we were actually maybe about a half an hour max south of a little kind of town called San Quintin. And so that's where we got um, our ingredients. And we had these ideas, Kenny did actually, to do something with like local peppers maybe. And mm-hmm. we were at this spice shop. A local spice shop, which was really cool. Um, right. I'm going to so, let you finish telling the story because <laughs> this was your idea. Well, and there's a connection to uh, Nathaniel at Agamala too, so it's just a fun yeah, little thing. We'll bring that back around. But we decided to brew a Saison because it's kind of spicy a little bit, you know, nor- normally. And herbally kind of has that funky flavor. So we thought maybe some dried peppers and stuff, chili peppers, without a lot of heat, just kind of that mole, more flavor and stuff. And that was pretty good, I think. And we got some star anise. And we put a little bit of that in that, not too much. And I think we were on the right track. But then we also added nopales. Which, for those of you who don't know, is... the paddle of the cactus. Not not the fruit of the cactus, but the actual like meat of the cactus, the green part. And so we brewed this beer. And we thought it was all going well and everything. And then... Hmm. Yeah. Uh, when it developed, it fermented. And it tasted it, like it just never got where we wanted it no, to be. No, but it tasted like vegetable beer. It <clears throat> didn't like it. It just had this like, and yeah, it's like a saison, which is generally kind of supposed to be earthy and stuff. But the spices would have mm, been good. It, but the nopales that we put in there, 
It just didn't it just, work. I don't know. It had this just nasty vegetable taste. And and it had a weird like oiliness oily, to it. Yeah. You know, and what happens with Nepalese when you cook them, if you cook them too long. It's similar to okra. Yeah. It's like okra where they get kind of gooey. And slimy. Slimy, gooey. Just not a good texture for beer, right? And not a good texture for, for food even. But anyway, um, so while we were at Aguamala... We were talking to Nathaniel about what we did. We were, yeah, we were talking around. We were in the brew house, walking around, talking about their beers and everything, and then, you know, started talking about yeah, we're home brewers and we made this beer and, you know, we made this saison and we put these chili peppers in it and stuff. And he was like nodding along, like yeah, that sounds kind of interesting, kind of cool. And then uh, we keep going and and then I was like, and then we threw nopales in there and he just made this face where he just cringed and like. He didn't even have to say anything. He just like cringed and shook his head and was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just like he knew instantly that you that's just something you don't do. That was the first beer we dumped out, too. And we, we tried. It's the only it's beer the only we've beer. ever dumped out. So too, we tried. We, we let it sit longer just to see if it would taste better or something would change. And it just did not. And we couldn't. No, 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 no. Yeah, we tried because. <laughs> When we first started homebrewing, one of the first things I learned was, you know, if the beer doesn't taste quite right when you, you know, when you, when you brew it and you ferment it and bottle it, and then like a week or two later and you try it, <clears throat> you think, oh, okay, this is when it should be good. And that's not quite good. You're just like, oh man, this isn't what I expected. Let it go for a while. Cause it keep, if you generally, when you're homebrewing, it keeps fermenting in the bottle as long as you don't cool it off. So um, it'll keep going and keep changing a little bit. And sometimes it turns around and be, becomes a great beer. But this one, I think we could have let it sit for 10 years and it would have been. It would have not, would have not have been a good beer. <laughs> 10 years, 10 months, 10 but, days. It was just going to be a bad beer all around. But that's the whole cool, great thing of like home <clears throat> brewing or even brewing for a business on small batches and being creative is that you try and that's the joy of it and the fun of it. So we tried and it just didn't work out very well. And if you have ever wanted to homebrew, we can put like our little, um, we have a little video on how to, what, tiny brew. We'll put that in the show like the show notes too so you can look at how to homebrew yourself. And don't put an apology yeah, in it though. but thankfully um, not a single brewery that we came across in Ensenada tried to brew with Nopales. Because they know better. Because <laughs> <laughs> they definitely knew better. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, there were some really good breweries there and... I think I think one of my I wouldn't say favorite brewery, but one of my one of the fun times that I had there was when we went to a place called um <laughs> funny enough, the name does not make you think Baja, but Lucky Irish Number Four, <laughs> which is basically a big bar, like massive, and it's right on the water, really cool hangout place and everything. But besides being a bar and a restaurant inside, they had like this whole section um of people pouring local beers like there were i don't know like eight or twelve eight ten twelve different like almost it was almost like a little mini brew fest like a food court inside of this big place like a food court but a beer court where some of these brewers were just like gypsy brewers where they just brewed wherever they wanted or they would brew like um in their house or their garage or whatever so there are really glorified home brewers and they walk in there and sell their beer there and it was actually really cool because they had some from outside of the Ensenada area as well so there were brewers from all over the place pouring different beers and then yeah. uh, actually one of the um 
Aquamala is a pretty popular brewery in Ensenada, but also I think one that's really well known there as well is Cerveceria Trans Peninsular. Um, and that's mm-hmm. right on the water. So is Aguamala. And then another well-known one is Cerveceria Wentland. I think I said that right. And then, um, so Canaria Cerveza is pretty small and it's kind of more of a, I don't know if I'm going to say downtown, but it's in like an industrial kind of business-like area. Um, and then also Cerveceria Doble C was another one that was a, just a tiny little, I would say maybe like a nano brewery almost, but they're just little, like little breweries. And I would say those were very similar to the kind of breweries that we have across the U.S. You know, when you go, like like you said, a, kind of a little industrial type of area. Yeah. Where you're like, okay, there's all these like trucks in there and all the different, you know, industrial stuff going on. But then there's a brewery tucked in there. And that happens a lot in the U.S. too because it's just, I think, less expensive for them to get real estate. You could do like a literal pub, you know, brewery crawl around there because there are those. Mm -hmm. And then there are a few other breweries too that we missed that I'm slacking on the names right now. I apologize. We're supposed to be your beer guide. But those (laughs) are the ones that we started out with. That you could check out. Oh, you know what's really cool though too is what we also, what people kind of also stop at Ensenada for, is a restaurant that Anthony Bourdain made really famous. Oh yeah. Um, I'm gonna totally butcher this name. La Guerrerense. G U E R R E R E N S E. And no, I did not use the Spanish alphabet. But yeah, the, oh my <laughs> goodness, the food there is just this little food truck, and it's like mm-hmm. downtown the main glitzy kind of shopping area of Ensenada, like the main touristy part, of course. But it's just this, it's the, oh my gosh, so very good. It was excellent food, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, if you can take, I mean, it's, I don't know if you need, I, just like a cart even, right? It wasn't even a full-on truck, was it? No, it was just It a, was like a food, food cart, cart yeah. on the street. But they've kind of built it out a little bit so that it's more than yeah. just a cart sitting there but with some they've got some tables and stuff but it was a really cool place and that's not to downplay the food that the, some of the breweries actually have in Ensenada because that food mm-hmm. there like we had ceviche at Aguamala and it was very very good and I know as far as I remember uh Canaria Cerveza you can bring your own food in and like Paco was even saying that like, he'd have uh, patrons call and say hey I'm coming can you order me a pizza from a local restaurant so he'd <laughs> order them a pizza and then I know like uh Trin- uh, what was the other um, Cerveceria Trans Peninsular like, it's a full on restaurant yeah that one was down on the water but yeah. a really nice place but still has the brewery vibe I don't know wherever you choose to go I think for the most part in Ensenada after you've stocked up on all your supplies and fuel and exchanged your money and all that don't skip out on the breweries there no I would definitely get the uh, definitely go to the breweries there and yeah Grab some good beer and, uh, yeah, stock up well and take it with you down as you explore the rest of Baja because there is a lot more Baja to see beyond Ensenada. And a lot more little breweries, too, so, you don't know, you'll just have to kind of explore a little bit because we haven't gotten as far down south as we want to yet. No, we only (laughs) got down to that spot where we stayed uh, a little bit south South of of San Quentin. Yeah. Um, and that was wonderful. And we're not complaining whatsoever, but there's still a lot. We we plan to go back and explore some more because, you know, we only saw bare, not even the full upper half of the peninsula. So we've got, we've got a long ways to go. But anyhow, we're going to let, um, so we have two pieces, two small parts of conversations here. We're going to let Nathaniel tell you his origin story of Aguamala. It's actually quite funny. Um if you speak a little bit of Spanish, you already have an idea of where Aguamala came from. 
Um, and then after that, we'll let Paco from Canadia Cerveza tell his little bit of a story and how he started his um, little brewery too. And um, yeah, so we'll let them do the talking for just a moment and we'll see you soon. Aguamala. So where did, yeah, where did, okay. where did the name Aguamala come from? Okay, where did Aguamala come from? That's a good question. your origin story. Yeah. We'll try to keep it brief. Uh, okay. So I am a marine biologist, I mentioned. Uh, fisheries biologist and marine biology. I came down here to grow bluefin tuna. Um, I also grew flounder, striped bass, uh, uh, totuabas. Um, so I love the ocean and everything about it. And when we started making beer, I was still involved in the fisheries, uh, in the aquaculture. And um, originally when we started brewing beer with my, it becomes a long story, but we'll try to keep it short. Uh, my partner uh, at the time. I the story about how you started brewing beer at home. Well, but you see, but it all leads into that. All right, all right, all right. Okay, we'll, okay. we'll make it short. All right, okay. so, so we started brewing beer at, the, at home, my, uh, uh, my wife and I. And um, at some point, she got tired of being the, 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 the bottler and the everything else. Although she's incredibly good at it. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. She's incredibly good at it, and she got so good when we were making beer that we went to a beer festival in San Diego. And she walked up to a guy and picked up a glass of beer and said, Oh, it's got, uh, it's got Cascade, uh, Citra, and I don't know what else. I mean, she just nailed every... It wasn't Citra. It was Cascade, Centennial, and one other one. And she nailed everyone, and the brewer's just eyes just went white, and she was like, wow. And she's like, well, yeah, I do this all the time with my husband. I mean, gee whiz, I should at least know what the smells are. And she was able to pick him out of a beer. Anyway. That's incredible, sorry. actually. Yes, she is very, very impressive, impressive in that sense. Uh, not so impressive is her lack of uh, uh, tolerance. So, uh, so what happened was uh, uh, at some point she got tired, so my neighbor came over and started helping me brew. And you know, as as and as we got bigger, we were like, hey, you know, our beer's a little uh, hazy. We want to make it clear. How do we do it? Well, we get a filter. So we had these two little corny kegs and a filter in the middle. And of course, as good men, neither one of us read the, the instructions. So one guy was on one side turning up the gas, the CO2, being like, is anything going through? No, nothing's coming through. Turn up some more. Of course, neither one of us read the fact that you know it had a certain pressure where the thing exploded. And, of course, we didn't check that. So halfway through, of course, the damn thing explodes. Covers my entire, my wife's entire kitchen in oh. beer everywhere. But, I mean, everywhere. I mean, can you imagine 20 liters or, uh, what is it, uh, five gallons of beer just going everywhere. Not the garage, the kitchen. Yeah, yeah in the kitchen. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> so we, we were actually very good at cleaning up. We, we did clean up the mess, but the very next day, all of our stuff was at the door. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time to move on. My partner uh, owns shipyards. Uh, that's what he does. He, he fixes ships for a living. Okay. And so he said, hey, I have an empty infirmary, you know, nice clean floors, clean roof, everything, uh, gas connections. Well, why don't we just move it over there? So we did. Cool. And that's kind of where the partnership started, him and I. And so when we finally decided that we were going to make this a business, I said, all right, well, let's, we got to formalize this. You know, things are going well. What are we going to call it? And he said, wait a minute, I was thinking about doing this 10 years before I met you. And I registered the name Todos Santos, which is that island that's out there that you can see behind us. That looks like the head of the dragon over there. What is it? Todos Santos. Todos Santos. Yes. Todos and, Santos. and his idea was to name the brewery Todos Santos. And all the brews would be called uh, the names of different saints. Okay. 
Okay, so I went to Catholic school my entire life. Todos Santos is All Saints. All Saints, yes. For, for English speaking. Right. <laughs> and so I went to Catholic school my entire life and I'm okay. not Catholic. So you can imagine the idea of naming my brewery <laughs> and all the beers after Saints was just Saint about Peter's shoot me now. <laughs> yes, no, no. So, um, uh, so he, uh, he immediately picked up the phone and called his, his lawyer to make sure because he'd registered the name with a... Uh, you know how you register names to make sure nobody else right, can get right. It turns out that the day before, the the permission period to have that, the name, you know, to exclusively have that name, had come due. And since he didn't do anything about it, someone else had taken it up the day before. And so he was livid. He was like, no, that fire. And you know, I'm gonna fight this and we're gonna get it back. And I'm like, oh shit, I better think fast. It was Lost Abbey, wasn't it? it was no, no, it wasn't Lost Abbey. But, uh, but yeah, I was like, man, I, I better figure this out quick or else I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna be stuck with, the, he's gonna fight for it and I'm gonna be stuck with all the saints' names, you know, no. So that very next day was the day I went to out to the tuna farms and um, one of my jobs in the tuna farms was diving. And you know, evaluating each fish or the, or the, 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 the school in general, making sure how fat they were, how healthy they were, that they were, etc. So you're swimming through this enormous net, and it was jellyfish season. The jellyfish in Spanish is an aguamala. Aguamala. An aguamala. Yes. So what I love about uh, 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 diving is that you don't have anyone in your ear, kind of. No, it's just you and your bubbles, and you know. So I was down there, and I was thinking hard. I'm like, what am I gonna name the brewery? What am I gonna name the brewery? And this jellyfish went by, bloop, bloop, and they're kind of annoying, because some of them can be pretty big. And though even it's cold out here, and all you have visible is, is kind of like this space here and this space here around your mask. If one of those guys hits you there on your hand, it hurts. Okay. So um, I was obviously they were in my way, and I was trying to you know get around them. And we had some really big ones that year. We had some, uh, uh, the scientific names, Nidaria and Nidaria. They're humongous. And, um, and, I was, and, and so the first one goes by, and I'm like, I get out of my way. And I'm like, what are we going to name the brewery? And the second one, by the time the third one went by, I'm like, wait a minute. Someone's trying to tell me something. Aguamala is, you know, it's, it, means, it means jellyfish. It also means bad water. And a lot of Americans are like, well, you know, don't drink the water in Mexico, drink the beer. I'm like, true. oh, that sounds Very interesting. True. So I got out of the water, I picked up my cell phone, filled my wetsuit, and I called my wife, because she's really good at names. And I said, well, what do you think about this? And she's like, well, oh, I like it. It's kind of cool. Well, why not? So I called my partner right away. I said, oh, we're going to do this. And he's like, I hate it. I'm like, perfect. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> I'm actually kind of bummed. Because I was, where you, where you were going there, swimming through the jelly bean, I was like, I was hoping you got stung by a jelly bean. I've been sung. Kind of, I mean, that's I've been sung by a lot of things. Okay. I'll let you try our stout. Our stout is called Mantarraya. It's stingray stout. Mantarraya. Yes, Mantarraya. Mantarraya. You have to ro oh, roll your R's. Mantarraya. There you go. Very good. So our Mantarraya, we made. Uh, we love to go camping, like like you guys, halfway down the peninsula. There's a place called Valle de los Angeles. It's the mid river. Oh, yeah. So it kind of it kind of comes like this. And it is the most incredible place. You have whales, dolphins, upwelling fish. You guys got to come back for sure. And it has all these little islands. So when 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 we started out, we, what we do is we go down there and we take kayaks and we jump on our kayaks and paddle out to an island and camp on an island and uh, just be there all weekend or all however many days. 
which was beautiful. We loved it. And so this this particular time we went out there, it was the middle of summer, and um, it was, uh, curiously enough, a, a stingray breeding season. So we had all these itty-bitty stingrays. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard, but you know, stingrays, you're supposed to shuffle your feet and they get out of your way, right? Oh, I didn't know that. No? Oh, well, everybody knows. Okay. Well, most people know that. If you shuffle most your feet, they're people Well, most marine biologists know that. If you, if you shuffle okay. your feet, they get out of your way. Okay. Well, the, 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 the stingrays in Baja didn't learn that, or they were too young to figure it out. <laughs> so I got nailed more Not than educated once. educated stingrays. Yes. That's a problem and it hurts. Baja. It hurts like a mother. It hurts a lot. <laughs> and so the problem is we were on an island. The sun was going down. We had no, you know, Ali, Advil, anything. We had like an expired, uh, I don't know what it was, some, some sort of painkiller that was super expired. And we had all this Vicodin, dark beer. Oxygen. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> but it was super expired. Dark beer. Dark but, beer. But we okay. had this dark beer that we just made, no labels on it, you know, we just filled them and brought them and dragged them behind the kayak. And, okay. and it was like, so I had this super expired, whatever it was. And the start beer, and I started drinking the beer, and, and and the good news is that after about four mantarrayas, the pain went away. It was great. Yeah, four month mantarrayas. Yeah. He, uh, and a super expired whatever super it was. Expired heavy painkiller. Yeah, it worked well. No mas pain. So we decided to call that one mantarrayas. So yes, it, it, that, that might that might be a better story for you. So living a stout life is about we travel around looking for great craft beer, Good. which we found here. Excellent. But it's also about living a stout life, which is a double meaning for just doing adventurous things and like living by how you want to live it with intent. So for you, Nathaniel, what is a stout life? And I love adventure. We we we. I love to go camping, we love to go diving, uh, fishing, um, we love adventure. But it's actually what we, we, we both wished for each other when we were married is adventure. We love adventure. We love going all over the place. We love exploring. Uh, I mean, my kids are just old enough so that we're taking them, you know, hiking and backpacking. And, and, and that's what we love to do. I mean, whenever we can, you know, right now, a little while ago, we noticed it was a Santana, which the wind blows a different way here. And the, and the ocean's completely flat. So ever since this morning when I woke up, I'm like, oh, it's like a good day to go diving. We better get out there and go diving. So, that, I mean, and, and that's what we love. I mean, we do run a business and we do have to be on top of our business. But it's just, we love adventure. And as much as we can, we get out and we go camping, we go hiking, we go to San Pedro Martir and all these places you guys have probably been up and down the peninsula. They're just beautiful spots. And for me, that's what makes me happy. I mean, other than making beer and drinking my beer, that, that, that makes me happy too. Uh, but just adventure. Adventure is fun. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 it's so great to get out there and enjoy nature. The ocean, uh, the trees, the deserts. I mean, there, there's so much for us to go out and enjoy that, and that, that we should. I mean, we should. We, we certainly should do that. And, and well, like you guys are doing, you're just driving around enjoying everything you see you know where a lot of people are stuck in their same town and they don't get out it's like get out just it's, it's, it doesn't cost a lot of money you can go hiking what do you need to go hiking nothing you just need to get out your front door and find a path and see where it takes you and and I think that's 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 what if I were to try to inspire someone with what you guys are doing I think that's what I would look for is, is guys get outside 
go outside, explore what's behind your house. I mean, we have some incredible hills behind us that aren't anything more than just hills, but there's so much to explore. The ocean is right here in front. You can just go for a swim. Go tide pooling. There's so much to explore in the tide pools. And it's just, and, and that's what I think is, is, you call it a stout life, I call it adventure. I call it just getting outside, you know, just, just go enjoy what, what, you know, what, what we have around us. See, cool story. You gotta love the beginnings to breweries and their names. So next up is Paco from Canaria Cerveza. His story is pretty funny too. I love it. The king of Mexico. You'll see what I mean. No, when I was a kid, I want to be the want to be the king of Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that lasted to all the way to high school. Yeah, and then the king. Now you can kind of be the king of your own. Yeah. <laughs> then I became. Then I became. Uh, uh, I did my major in business and a concentration in customs. So I went to all the logistics side of things. Uh, I still do a little bit of that. And then I. It all started with a wine kit. My ex-wife gave me a wine kit when we got married, and we lived in. She lived in San Francisco. I lived in TJ. She came down from San Francisco, then we moved to Ensenada, then we went back to San Diego, then to Ensenada again, and she, because we were like trying to see where we were, wanted to stay, right? And she was like, dude, we've been moving around for two years, and I, I, you still have your wine kit. And I'm like, <laughs> I like wine, but I like, prefer beer. So, you know, gringos are not that stupid. You know, if they make a wine kit, they might make a beer kit. So I started searching around, yeah. bought a book, uh, how to brew? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. John Palmer. Palmer, yeah. <laughs> Great book. And read it and decided what I wanted to do. And what he wanted to do was open Canaria Cerveza. This is La Canaria. We call La Canaria because uh, Ensenada is a sea, seaport village, and we used to have a lot of uh, well, we still have a lot of factories that can uh, seafood. I mean, back in the 30s and 40s. You used to see the names in English because the owners were American. Ah. So you said you had like Row and Canary, and people, where do you work? In La Caneria. We <laughs> didn't even know the name, right, in Spanish. So it was Caneria, yeah, it's Caneria. So it's like a very local slang, and I decided okay. to keep it. Not many people know it anymore because the, the Canarias are now on the skirts, outskirts, and it's very different right now. They're in Pacas, called in Pacas right now. And but yeah, we're Caneria. So. Quite literally, it would be a canning factory. Yeah, okay. we, we used to be like 30 years behind the states in, in brewing, but right now I think we're like five years behind. Nice. <laughs> yeah, catching up. Uh, not not too not as big as, as in the U.S., but yeah, yeah, catching up. Yeah, I think we're we're hitting right now the 800 number in Mexico. The market's very different in Mexico. Very very different. Still very dominated by the two big ones. And we're less than one percent of the sales market. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm it's talking about all the craft breweries together in Mexico. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. It's less than one percent. Yeah. And who are the big ones you're talking about? Are you saying AB InBev or well, are you AB and Bev? No, no, no. The thing is that there, there's like no more group? Mexican breweries. There are no more. No, Grupo Modelo, Corona, Modelo, uh, Victoria, Pacifico, etc. Those guys are AB InBev, AB InBev. Ah. Yeah, okay. and. Uh, Tecate, Bohemia, Dos Equis, those guys are Heineken. Oh. So we don't have many more big Mexican breweries. We because are the Mexican brewers. You've been here for a long time and you've 
you're building craft brewing in Ensenada and in Baja and Mexico in general. Yeah. Cool. I love the stories behind how like brewery owners start their breweries because generally most breweries start they start from a story. They don't usually just start from a, oh, I'm going to start a business and get an investor and open a brewery. There's usually these unique stories behind it, especially behind the names and things. So I love finding out those. And then we also, so that was fun just to do that. But we've also, we have a lot of content from both of those breweries. And it's oh, yeah. a lot of video <laughs> content, actually. So you can get a lot of behind the scenes from the breweries, the brew houses themselves, um, us tasting some different beers with them their stories behind like expansion and it's Agamala though is really cool you have to check out the video because the whole thing is made out of shipping containers yeah that was pretty cool I I really like the way they did that yeah I've only seen that a couple other times and then I really liked how Paco was also talking too about um something called hope antennas and it was another Anthony Bourdain (laughs) reference that he referenced about how in developing countries how you just kind of build upon your building when you can and there's these like what like called girders that are always sticking up constantly and that's mm-hmm. just like, I hope to get that next storage built, or I hate to hope to get oh, that yeah. next story built eventually. And so I just liked how Anthony Bourdain and Paco touched on that. But <laughs> how it was Anthony Bourdain's phrase, he called him hope but antennas. Yeah, that was cool that Paco took that idea yeah. to to like basically inspire him to keep building on to his dream at his brewery and yeah. keep it going. And and this was a little while ago that we were there, so Hopefully, he's been able to build it out even more since we last saw yeah. it. So you guys, we'll put all those links to the videos and stuff in there mm-hmm. as well so you can see all that, the cool behind-the-scenes content and actually see these breweries um, before you go. And for you travel junkies out there, we have a lot of other good content that isn't just about beer, but April's created these uh, Baja beer and travel journals that are several parts now. I think you're up to about four parts or yeah, something it's on a work, it. It's a work in progress. and It'll probably never be done because we'll probably keep going back. Yeah, so. it's <laughs> all about, that's where you want to go to look about how to get to Baja, like do the border crossing, kind of where to camp, what, what to see, what to expect, how to exchange right. your money, um, how really the only thing that's expensive is there is gas. But yeah. The, so <laughs> yeah, if you, there's some beer stuff in there, but yeah. if it's you want more some focused more, on travel full-on detail, in-depth things about Baja itself, go there. I'll put those in the show notes as well. And like I said, and he said it too, it's a work in progress. It may never be done, (laughs) (laughs) but we can get you started. Anyhow, yes. It's like life. Life isn't, well, I shouldn't say that. Oh, life is a work in progress. Everything in life is a work in progress. (laughs) It is. Okay. But that's what life's all about, the journey, not the destination. Yeah. All right, and if anyone is out there listening, you all, if you ever want to sit down and talk more I about hope Baja, out there I know I hope so. Maybe at least Someone's one person there? still. Uh, we would love to sit down and talk Baja and just talk advice or beer or whatever, or Mexico or traveling overseas or anything about travel. It's just really fun. Basically, we just like to talk like a lot, talk. so just talk and drink beer. Drink a lot of beer. Yeah, and hopefully you like to listen. So you should have subscribed. I'm not taking over your part. This is your part, Kenny. Go. No, you take over. Go. 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 Okay, fine. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Um, any kind of like money that you might spend on your morning coffee, brew us, brew a coffee instead, and then take that money that you would go spend at Starbucks and, and donate it to us. It's kind of like buying us a beer, and then we can keep this lovely content going for you, and you can be like entertained by us 
more and more and more if you just, I don't know, stop buying your morning expensive coffee and buy us an expensive beer instead. How's that? <laughs> sure, I'm down. Let's hope somebody out there is down too. <laughs> and yeah, uh, there yeah. is like a buy us a beer button and we'd love to, yeah, drink beer with y'all. Speaking of buying us a beer, we actually have a couple of shout outs for people who bought us a beer. It's really cool. We're so excited. Um, so Paul, he, uh, we were kind of just chatting. He's a previous instructor at Breckenridge and worked at Avid for Adventure. And so he's an outdoor, fellow outdoor person and beer lover. And so... Thanks, Paul. There's a big connection there. And then also Phil, he's a fellow beer lover and part-time traveler and a wine, bu wine buyer, but also likes beers. So, and he like reached out and bought us a beer as well. It was really cool. So thank you, Paul and Phil. And thanks to all of you for listening and tuning in and all that good stuff. And yeah, just keep following along and share this podcast with your friends. And before we go, just want to say cheers. Why do we always never get that perfect? That was pretty good. No, I like it when it goes really. That's better. One more. Cheers. Cheers. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This Stout Conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com, where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer, travel, and adventure lifestyle needs.